Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Our goal is that by listening to our podcast, you will be inspired to level up. With the help of some amazing guests, we'll be inspired by some inspirational success stories and find out how you can level up your business, your life, and your relationship with yourself. Because I know that by leveling up and balancing these three aspects of your life, you can make a difference and impact the lives around you. Level Up Podcast will be a series of interviews featuring successful professionals who are making a mark and a difference in their lives and others. They will share their incredible stories of how they did it, so you can be inspired and learn from the very best. Well, Chris, thank you very much for coming on board on the podcast today. I'm very excited to have you on. I heard great things about you. I can't wait to just dive in and kind of get to know you a little better. Um, First of all, again, thank you for making the time. I know we all have super busy schedules and for you to be able to take the time today, I'm honored and I'm very grateful that you took the time to, to be with us today and share your story. I am very looking forward getting to know you a little better and get to see what our audience can get from today's podcast. So thank you again. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Amazing. Well, first of all, yes, so we can get it going. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're in the LA area, but tell us about who you are and what are you doing nowadays? Yeah, I live in Manhattan Beach, California. Um, I've been out here originally from Boston, but I've been out in California for about 20 years, 20 plus years now. Um, I originally came out here, I was pursuing an acting career doing TV and film, which was a a nice little 12 year run for myself. Uh, The career didn't go exactly the way I intended. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, but my passion has always really, has really been with health and fitness, um, okay. for a very long time. I played division one college hockey growing up. And so getting into the gym and strength training and just preparing myself for, for sports and just everyday life fitness was, was always part of my regimen as a, as a kid growing up and, uh, going into adulthood, it was obviously becoming more and more important, uh, as I was getting older and aging and, uh, in my entertaining the entertainment industry when I was acting, it was an important part of getting ready for certain roles. Uh, so it really served me there. Um, but you know, I was realizing that the career wasn't really going the way I wanted in the entertainment industry. And I saw an opportunity for me to really bring more value in ways that serve other people, but also it was really meaningful to me as well, knowing that I had, uh, what I consider to be a unique approach to health and wellness that could really help shift and change the quality of people's lives. So um, something that I'm extremely passionate about. It sounds like you are. So tell me a little about growing up. You say you had your your dream of being in the entertainment industry. After do you? How long do you do you work in the entertainment industry? Tell us a little bit about that part of. Yeah, I was doing. I, you know, like I said, I played sports my my whole life. Hockey was my main sport. I you know okay. I was on skates since I was five years old, and wow. in my mind, <laughs> always thought like hockey was going to be the path for me. And okay. Um, so, so sports really consumed a lot of my time. I had sort of like a secret passion for, for acting, you know, know, like there was, there was, there were plays and different, uh, events, you know, growing up, going through high school and college that, you know, I would want to engage in, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't because it's as an athlete, you know, being in theater, like wasn't really the cool thing to do. So it was one of those things that as I got older and I graduated from school and I had an opportunity to to you know, go out to California and pursue an acting career. I had an opportunity, so I took it, and um, okay. you know, it, it played out. It played out well, and in some cases, I had twelve years. I had some up and down uh, opportunities where somewhere yeah. I thought it was going to be a breakout moment, but it never really took off the way took I expected off. it to. But 
nonetheless incredible experiences along the I way was gonna ask um, you, sometimes we, we get put yeah. in situations and but when you look back it's always like what a great experience i got exposed to you know and that's absolutely kind of what like to absolutely i i have zero regrets in the in the path that i've taken in my life and you know being in the entertainment industry really just in, in acting just taught me resilience uh you know it taught me how to how to take no and keep going uh because right? you know I, when you're I acting so you're a lot times. more no's yes, you're a lot more no's than your so yeses times. then you get yeah. so many no's before you can even get one maybe <laughs> that's right that's right so you learn you develop thick skin and, and learn how to just really uh stay focused keep your head down and, and not really be thrown off by things not going your way you know yeah. if you if you stay committed and focused to the activities and, and belief and passion what you're doing um, you know, but while I was in the entertainment industry, the whole time I was still, I was doing odd jobs. I was working in restaurants like every struggling actor does, you know, but I was also running my, my health and wellness coaching business on the side. Okay. Um, and it just hit a point where I really saw things kind of moving more organically in that direction. I okay. saw there was, I was able to start to grow a business kind of organically through word of mouth and referral. And then it was just also becoming more rewarding for me. You know, acting okay. was great, but in some ways was self-serving because it was, something that I wanted to do that yeah. like gave me that joy and helped fulfill some of my dreams. But I also realized that a big part of my passion and my dream is being able to, you know, leave my footprint on this planet and make a difference in this world. And so, you know, arguably as an actor, I might've had an opportunity to, to pick up a great role that, you right, know, really right. made people feel something <laughs> and shift something, but it would never be like my story. I'm just, you know, reading a script and playing a part. Um, but you know, my whole life I feel has been all about preparing me and just giving me, you know, opportunities to explore different experiences that I've learned and grown from so much that I've been able to build into and incorporate into my health and wellness programs that I now have an opportunity to blend, you know, lifestyle coaching with health and fitness. That's what and, I wanted to go into. So, so really so this. So you've been on the coaching side already with the health, um, uh approach is that what you're doing today yeah you know i think what's sort of the unique differentiating factor in my program is that mm -hmm. it's it's really the the fitness component is important but mm -hmm. it's really a small percentage of what you see in the program in terms of the value right oh. a lot of people go to the gym they work out or they attempt to try to eat healthy and clean and most people you'll see will kind of yo-yo up and down you know they yeah. might see a few weeks or so of some improvement but then before you know it, they're right back in the same place. And what's really I found has been holding people back from being able to realize their potential um, or at least get on a, a trajectory that is long-term and sustainable is they just, there's other areas of their lives that are, that are getting in the way. There's lack of preparation, lack of organization. Um, there's lack of time management. There's lack of stress management. Um, you know, th there, there's so many different areas that are major blind spots that are important to really have in place and have really good structure around if uh -huh. you want to be the type of individual who really pays attention to their health and wellness and is able to do it long term, right? Anybody can do anything for 30 days. 30 you can, days, right? You can make sacrifices, you can give things up, you can really commit and lock in and you know find find some way to like really go after a goal and get some maybe potentially great results in 30 days. But then usually it's something that's not sustainable. So people hit a burnout factor where they're fatigued mentally, they're fatigued emotionally, physically, they just can't keep going. And so it's, they revert back 
to where right. they were when they started, right? And so I think the the value of my program is that it's very bespoke. When I work okay. with an individual, I'm learning about that individual and then I'm building a program that integrates into their lifestyle as opposed You're to throwing a program out there and saying, here, try to make this work. That oftentimes becomes an it becomes an interruption. And so it, you know, immediately right out of the gate, someone would look at that and go, there's no way I can do this, you know, right. because it just doesn't work for my schedule. So, you Bingo. know, and, and I was going to say something in, in regards to that, because a lot of times we all say at the beginning of the year, you know, the goals, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to look better. I'm going to do all this. And then it only lasts for those 30 days because we don't have a plan or we don't have a coach, someone who can keep you accountable and give you the roadmap on how to do this. So can we dive in a little more into that? Because I think a lot of our audience might have that problem because I know I speak uh-huh. to a lot of my friends that they all say the same thing. I want to do this. I would like to get a, you know, merit and a better mental health, physical, and all of those different aspects. But a lot of times we don't have the, again, the coach, the yeah. guidance. Well, you of said something, you said you something, you said, I think you said that, you know, they try, they have good intentions. Maybe if, you know, if people are doing this new year, new me, they uh-huh. have good intentions, but they don't have a plan, but Really, in fact, I think people do have a plan. People put a plan together, but what they don't have is the knowledge and the skill sets to know how to master the art of adjustment, right? They don't know how to pivot when things don't go to plan, right? Right. And that's really something that I've dedicated in my life to through my own personal experiences as well at learning how to master those adjustments without having it compromise my progress and the results that I'm looking to attain. So people might kick off with a plan on their own and mm-hmm. they might have a good week of momentum going, but before you know it, they, a trip comes up for oh. work and they're on a plane, they're traveling and in their mind, they're thinking, well, this week is a bust. I can't do, I can't you know, stay on track because they just don't know what to do. They don't have experience with it. They haven't thought right. about when they book a hotel, like looking for a hotel that has a decent gym or at least a gym around the hotel so that now I can stay yes. in compliance with my workouts. They don't think about, packing and preparing to bring some healthy snacks that are easy to travel with, or they don't know how to navigate menus at restaurants in the area where they're staying. And so in their minds, it's just easier to let it go and be like, I'll get back to it when I get home, instead of taking the time to really think about and prepare ahead of time, what do I need to do to set myself up for success so that I can still stay in compliance with what I'm trying to accomplish, reach my goals, and still be able to accomplish what I'm going out there for, which might be a business expo or convention or whatever it might be. And so, you know, what I do through those experiences with my clients is we spend a lot of time kind of laying out the weeks, the months, the year, what are we looking at? So that whenever situations and circumstances come up, we're having conversations ahead of time so that we're planned and prepared on what to do. So when they show up, it's just execution. There's no, there's no surprises. And if there are surprises, clients reach out to me and I provide the adjustment for them, you know, which is great. Now it might sound like handholding, but it's really (laughs) what I'm doing is teaching them through the experiences, right? They travel once or twice, you know, they get a couple of times under their belt. And then at first it might feel a little bumpy because they're trying to figure it out and flush it out for themselves. But you get through that a couple of times and all of a sudden you start to build the confidence like, wow, I can really. I can do this. This isn't I as hard as it, I thought right? it was. Yeah. I just wasn't really setting myself up and planning for it. But if I right. take a little extra effort because it's important enough to me, when I take those steps and I take that effort, uh-huh. then I actually have no issues or problems executing so that I stay on track. And 
Therefore, there are no stops and starts or yo-yoing up and down. It's just one continuous line. Some some moments I might be progressing really quickly. If I travel, I might be progressing a little bit less, but I'm still progressing. I'm not sliding back. And that's amazing. I think one of the things for me, um, I've been on this journey of getting healthier and eating healthier and doing all of that for the last two and a half years. And it does, like you said, it does take that discipline and that willpower that said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to choose wisely what I'm going to put in my body today. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just interesting. Interesting. You use the word willpower because when someone onboards into my program, the way I sort of present what they can imagine the transformation looking like is initially when people come into the program, it's going to take a bit of willpower. You're going to have to say no to some things that you've been saying yes to for a while. You're going to have to, you know, really push yourself at times to go to the gym when you don't feel like going. Like there are going to be some moments where you're going to have to really exude a lot of willpower in the beginning. But through the process of experiencing how your body looks, feels, and functions from really locking in with consistency, this amazing transformation from willpower to willingness starts to take over. And so you, you start over. to find your, you start like, to find yourself, you're making choices like, and decisions because I want to, not because I have to, exactly. right? And so what I call that is taking it from the mind, right? Instead of letting your head make choices, you're mm-hmm. letting your body, the body is in control and making the decisions for you. For example, you know, clients, you know, tend to go out to uh, business meetings or business events and, and alcohol is just part of that process, oh, right? People yeah. like to drink and socialize and right. Mm-hmm. But if we're taking the willpower in the beginning of the program and we're saying, listen, we just know alcohol is not great for us. It's poison. It's like literally toxic to the body, but we accept the fact that it's part of our social climate and part of like activities and just, it's just part of life. But we want to use it responsibly. So in the beginning, it might be we refrain from alcohol for the first month. That might be hard. You're going to have to use willpower. But you start to feel so amazing and you're starting to realize the, the, physical, the physicalities and the changes that you're seeing and experiencing. And you feel so good. You then The next event you go to, you have a drink and you realize all I really want is wonder. I don't have to fight and resist the yeah. urge to say no to alcohol. I'm, I just need one drink. I'm good. I just, I'll carry it out the whole night. And it's enough for me to feel social and, you know, feel included and also just maybe to celebrate whatever occasion it might be, but I'm being responsible with it. And I'm not having to hold back and say, and fight those urges of wanting a third drink or a fifth drink or to keep going. It's more willingness of, I really only need one drink. I'm good. I got the the pleasure out of what it did for me, but I also didn't do the damage to the body. So it was a nice balance. So that transition of willpower to willingness is such a big part of my program. And And because of the accountability coaching, we see those transitions happen really quickly and they're really beautiful to witness when they happen. That is amazing. You touched on two things that I like to go back to. And one of them is consistency. Most of us want to see the results, but we don't have Again, the consistency to, to keep doing those activities are going to get you the results. Um, again, being being a client of yours, so what would be the first steps that you will take with someone that comes in and said, okay, I want to go do this. What do I need to do first? Because a lot of us, I guess, and I, I counted myself, I have coaches, but what is the first thing that you will suggest to someone who's thinking about getting into this now? I mean, it's honestly, it's hard to say across the board, you know, what there's one one thing that everybody has to do. Um, other, other than other than they need to really 
heighten and be prepared to heighten their level of self-awareness and accountability, right? My program is designed so there is no wiggle room, very little wiggle room, if at all, in okay. terms of being able to hide and and sneak away or like not disclose <laughs> information. It's, okay. it's built that way for a reason. Like for a reason. Speaking, like mm -hmm. I just don't, I just don't tolerate any BS in the program. Like I don't have the patience and the time for it. And, right. and, and you, and it's a waste of your time if you do it. Right. Okay. So, so the way that I kick this program off, you know, from the very get go is with full transparency with everybody there, you're doing photos every single two weeks. I don't care if okay. you're not feeling it or if you had a rough couple of days with food or you missed a few workouts, like this program closes <laughs> every corner, dark corner of your life that those dark corners are usually the things that are holding you back from getting right. the results you want. And most people will ignore that and just blame it on other things. Like, I don't know. I just, it's the, you know, this program that I was doing before, it just didn't work for me. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying my program necessarily is like the end all. There's amazing coaches out there in the fitness industry and there's other great programs out there as well. You know, I think really what it comes down to is the, is the coach themselves and, and how they work with their clients. And for me in particular, I'm just not interested in wasting yeah. time. I'm not interested in wasting my time. Or I'm not interested in wasting your time. So exactly. things that I tell clients right out of the gate that you can expect is you're going to be uncomfortable. You are going to be fully exposed. You're going to be fully transparent. And I expect extreme communication. I need to know everything that's going on because the, the best part for the client is that I am serving as your brains of the operation. You don't have to think about a thing other than just follow the program that's laid out in front of you and implement. And when right. you get stuck and you don't know what to do, you reach out to your AI, right? And I'm giving you the adjustment or the decision that you need to make. And we go through that process multiple times, multiple times throughout, throughout yeah. our time in the program where you're learning how to make decisions based on unique situations and circumstances that are that are specific to you. You know, how mm -hmm. you think and act and be and and respond or situations that come up in your life are going to be much different than maybe the next person or right. your business partner or other people that are in your network. Everybody has unique elements to their life yeah. that are we're all different. We're all different. Easy we're all them to overcome and some of it's more, more challenging for individuals. And so, so when I understand what's going on with each individual, gives me the opportunity to really lean in on those on those weaknesses so we can strengthen those weaknesses and continue to reinforce the strengths as well you know but the, the kickoff calls are always we're going all we're ready we're ready I'm to be uncomfortable. I love no the get ready to be uncomfortable. ready to be uncomfortable because again a lot of people say i want to do this but they're not willing to go yeah. through the process and being uncomfortable i love those two things so thank you for sharing that um, yeah. One of the things that I also wanted to ask you in terms of that, do you have any mentors that you follow? Is there any reason why you got into this or what motivated you? I know you say you have a passion for helping, but you know, there were anyone in particular that impacted you to go you into know, this path? Sincerely, I mean, there, there are several, you know, leaders in this space that, you know, are doing a fantastic job that I, that I pay attention to. I follow, okay. you know, their, their content. I'm seeing all the research that they're, that they're doing to, to keep myself current on on the science and and you know evolution of what's going on in the health and wellness space because it's very it's a very accelerated vertical market you know Absolutely. where things are at now with technology science and medicine are advancing very very quickly 
And so, you know, there's an opportunity to just always stay in front of it. And I make sure that I stay on the, on the front line of everything that's evolving um, okay. from what was being, you know, proven 50 years ago to what they're disproving today and okay. making changes to and, and moving forward. But, you know, my my personal passion really evolved at a very early age for me um, okay. at the age of 16. You know, I was faced with... I was playing hockey. Like I said, you know, hockey was like the, the, the direction I thought my life was going to go. Um, and I just went in for a regular physical like I usually do. And the doctors misdiagnosed me for childhood leukemia. Um, oh my and God. so they just, you know, they misread some blood work and they just had made a, a inaccurate uh, diagnosis. And diagnosis. so in that moment, it was one of those times in my life that I was really faced with the reality of mortality. You know, I was thinking 16 years old, like this is it for me. That's it. And so that, that really gave me the, the excitement and the fire to want to start doing my own research and taking my own health and wellness into control and making sure that I was doing whatever I needed to make sure I take care of myself. I'm not sure I can trust and trust everybody out there based on this experience that I just had. Right. So for me, that was the first thing that really motivated me to kind of go in that direction of being extremely passionate. You know, I personally, I just, I, I love life You know, I love my life and, you know, death is an, an absolute fear of mine. And so if there are things I can do and in, in, in my life to try to better my chances of, of living, you know, increasing my life and increasing my health span, it's what uh -huh. drives me every single day. But it started back there at 16. The second uh, influential moment that pushed me in this direction was going to college. I, I had a, a scholarship to go play Division One college hockey. Uh -huh. My freshman year, going into school, I was smaller. I was about 165 pounds, kind of a small, small kid. Um, getting, I was good on the on the ice, but I was also getting bumped around because in high school you play with 14 year olds to 18 year olds. Yes, in college it's 18 to 21, sometimes 22. So you're playing with men, you know. So. My uh, my coach had encouraged me. He said, "Listen, if you want to play next year, you know you need to put on some size over the summer. You need to hit yeah. the weights and come back and, and with, with some size and strength." And so I took right. that seriously because, again, I thought this is where my career was going to go. And so that summer, I went home. I put on thirty pounds in three months. I hit the gym. I was I was on a very aggressive nutrition plan. It was the first time yeah. I ever started taking supplements, and so. Even myself, I was just blown away at how easily you can manipulate your body through food and exercise and supplementation. And uh -huh. it was just so fascinating to me. So I fell in love with with that ability to actually build your body in that fashion. And so the combination of that experience in 16 to the experience that I had going through college and, and with fitness, it was, it was the two of those kind of merged that really just kept that hunger and drive. Uh, and passion for me for building a uh, a business where I could also just share my my knowledge and expertise and having an impact on other people's lives. And your story, Chris, is amazing. If you think about it, at sixteen, to be able to become aware of you know what can you yeah. do and how much yeah. you have, again, the ability to do things to your body to be able to be healthier, to you know fight a disease or being able to overcome. <laughs> some of those things it's it's a great i mean just yeah it was a it was a gift at the time it was scary but you know it was a blessing in disguise and you know i didn't even realize it at the time that that was something that was going to push me in this direction you know yes. but looking back hindsight like i remember exactly what i was thinking and feeling in that moment and i can see that that was where the seed was planted you know for me and, and over time say, you know yeah. i think you know one of my other passions is really just is helping people 
you know, and if I have an opportunity where I have a skill set and I have some knowledge in a particular space that I know that can get back, you know, being able to leave a mark on this planet and have, you know, knowing that I've, I've made a difference in this world, you know, it really is, is what gets me out of bed every day, knowing that I can really have that kind of impact and also just watch, you know, people go through these amazing transitions of, you know, feeling sort of hopeless to just thriving in their lives in ways that they never even imagined. I know what's possible, but right. to see them realize that potential and then also, you know, trusting the process and just, you know, following my lead all the way, it's just, it's, it's just an amazing experience, you know, for me to witness. And, you know, my programs, I think respectfully are, are great, but the program is only as good as the client. And so, you know, with the client, I'm very fortunate to have met a really a uh, great group of individuals and you know i have a really strong network of people uh who have continued to work really hard and just um, have shown really great progress that are out there in the world just sharing their experience sharing the and, story uh, and again by sharing their story they're sharing you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's definitely one of the things i was going to ask you was exactly that how do you want to be remembered by you touch into that and you also mentioned something that it really got me when you said you you get the feeling like a lot of times we do things in terms of work, a lot of people get in a career or they do something where they're, you know, they might be a good money involved. They might feel proud of doing what they're doing, but there's not that feeling of knowing that you're making a difference of people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's amazing that you're able to combine yeah. those two things and knowing that no by doubt. sharing like your story, sharing what you do every day, um, you're changing people's lives and possibly saving some people's lives because by them being healthier, now they're avoiding yeah. having to be in a position like you did yourself, you know, or any other disease, because we see so many young people nowadays with heart attacks, with all these different health issues. And a lot of times it could have been prevented if they would have yeah. done and, and being on a healthy. Yeah. You know, Peter, Peter Atia is somebody who's, who's a, a leader in this space, somebody who I follow, you know, okay. um, and anybody who's listening to this podcast, I'm sure they've heard his name before. You know, he has a great quote where, or a reference that he uses the analogy of the Titanic. You know, and he okay. says that Titanic didn't sink because it didn't see the iceberg. Okay. It sank because it didn't see the iceberg soon enough. If it had seen it earlier, it would have had plenty of time to avoid the iceberg. Right. But it saw it too late. And that's such a great analogy for where people are at oftentimes with their health and their fitness, right? Most people are in their minds, they think, you know, hey, I don't want to get sick. I want to avoid disease, but they're not really paying attention. They don't know what to look for. And in some cases, they're getting signs from their body, but they're ignoring the stop signs. Yes. And it's not until they hit the iceberg that yes. finally deciding they want to do something about it, you know? So, and I get the, chills because a lot of times we don't get to that. I literally I'm just saying, got chills right now yeah, saying it to, like, every time I tell that story and reference him. It gives me the same thing because it's it's just such a unfortunate reality and truth. That part of it is just it's just humans, you know. It's just how we are. A lot of times we're so reactive um, and and not as proactive as we should be. But right. I think you know I think the world has certainly shifted is it has shifted and is shifting more towards a stronger awareness around the importance of health and wellness and fitness and and all these elements. It's really moving in that direction, which is great to see, but. You know, there's still, you know, several people out there in the world that, you know, yeah. some of them, they don't even just, they don't know what to look for or listen to or pay attention to until it's too late. And so 
you know, if I have the opportunity to crossroad with somebody at a time when we can see the iceberg down the line and I'm saying, hey, look, this is where we're at. You know, this is what's coming down the line. You have an opportunity yeah. to change that trajectory. What do you want to do? You know, but, um, then that's a, that's a, a really great moment in time. You know, unfortunately, yeah. I can say that I've had the opportunity to meet with people at that crossroad and I've, you know, humbly speaking, I've been able to turn people's health around. I've gotten people off of medications and, and helped un unwind some of their diseases and disorders just through nutrition, exercise, yeah. and supplementation at their own hands. Mm -hmm. So think about how empowering that is for an individual to realize, wow, like me being diabetic, like I did that to myself, but I actually undid it. I was actually, oh. heal, I was able to heal my body and reverse the damage that I did. Yeah. And now I'm living my best life. And so with that information and knowledge, now I can, the next 30, 40, 50 years of my life could be the best 30, 40, 50 years of my life that I didn't even realize or even think was possible, right? Like that's a that's a shift that well, is, that is a life, shift. you know? Yeah, and that is a life-changing event that you get to experience with, with someone like that. So, I mean, again, yeah. I, I know there is so much to do. And they said too, the body is so complete in the sense that we, our body gives us all the times little hints, little messages, but we, we ignore them. Like you said, we are too busy with life. We're too busy having fun. We don't pay attention to what we're putting into our bodies and then obviously consequences come down the line where you're like oh shoot diabetes you know cancer yeah. this that and we heard it so many and it was something i was going to mention too is it's becoming so and i can't even think of the word but like so easy for people oh she has cancer also oh, and so has this and it's become so like easy to talk about like there's no like oh my god what is she doing about her health oh she yeah. has this she has that oh i have this and and they're just becoming so easy to accept yeah. i guess um, but again, it's part of life and, and there is so much out there, like what are you doing to prevent it and to really yeah. becoming yeah. aware that there are things that we should be doing that we could be doing to, to avoid those um, diseases. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's, uh, you know, cancer and other diseases have become so prevalent that it, it's almost assumed by most people that at a certain age, you should just expect to oh, see some of these diseases okay. and disorders yeah. pop up, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm getting uh -huh. older, like this is what it's supposed to be. Like, right. I mean, let's you just, let's diminish it down to something not as extreme as cancer. Let's just talk about like back pain, right? Yeah. You know, people, as they get older, it's like their backs start to hurt and they think, oh, I'm 50 now. Like my back should, my back should be hurting. This is the time that it should be hurting. And, and, you know, look, there's a, there's a saying that I quote all the time. Age does not dictate how we move how we move dictates how we age. And so what happens in a 50 year time span okay. is that you've got poor postures and patterns that you've been developing and sitting in and not paying attention to since your twenties. And now you've got a 30 year runway of these poor postures and patterns that after 30 years, it's taking over. Right. So it's because of your poor movement patterns, that's dictating how you feel. I know plenty of 50-year-olds that are out playing volleyball, surfing, running, jumping, squatting, pressing, all sorts of amazing physical attributes physical that yep. don't exhibit what, quote unquote, a 50-year-old should look and what feel like and move like, right? Why? Because the choices right. that they make are they dedicate their time and interest and, and really pay attention to how their body's moving, their joint oh. health. They're paying attention to the foods they're eating, so their their bodies are are systemic are, aren't systemically inflamed. Um, they get good quality sleep. 
They get massage work on a regular basis. They just take care of their body. Belts, and yes. so, so therefore, they don't talk about like, this is how I should be feeling in my 50s. And they don't talk about back pain. They talk right. about how great they feel, right? So um, I think to your point, you know, is that people just aren't as informed as they should be or could be, especially in today where with the internet and YouTube and Google, there's so much information out there. Granted, there's a lot of conflicting information, but there's yes. so much information out there that you can, if it's really important enough to you, you can take the time to learn about some of these things and figure out how you can take better care of yourself, or you could hire a coach like myself, or I mean, there's there's just things that you can do. There's resources available that if that's not the direction you want to go in your life, mm -hmm. you can avoid that iceberg if it's important right. enough to you. You know, Make some and same thing with dancer. You know, there's there's yeah. so many there's so many toxins and chemicals and uh, you know in our food yeah. supply yeah. chain that are leading to a lot of these diseases and disorders. I spend right. the time educating myself on this stuff. I I understand what's going on in our food supply chain and what's going on with the FDA and you know all the regulations that are being just completely neglected. So I understand. So I understand and know what to avoid, what to look for. I bring avoid. that education. I bring that education to my program. I teach my clients. My clients teach their families. Their families are out there teaching other friends and family members. So it's, you know, so it's a great sort of uh, butterfly effect where you yeah. see the information and all it starts to extrapolate out. But there's still just a mass market of people out there that just aren't informed or they yeah. don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, it's not until they hit that, that breaking point where they're in reaction mode, um, which we are always trying to trying to avoid yeah avoid yeah well thank you so much that's definitely something that i know tons of our audience are going to be very interested we're going to definitely get your info and tag you on the podcast for people to contact you and and find you obviously and you're local here in la so i'm sure we'll be contacting you soon um something also wanted to touch today is what is your biggest failure if you have one and what do you learn from it <sighs> my biggest failure or something new. That's a great question. You know, I guess I could look at, and in some ways, like privately, I've sort of felt this way that my acting career was a failure, you know, um, in the sense that I had a very specific goal. Like in my mind, I, I know nowadays people hear someone say, oh, you're an actor. Like everybody's trying to be an actor. But I really <laughs> genuinely came out to LA with a real true passion for for the arts, you know, I, I felt like I had an emotional availability that I could bring into a craft that would allow me to build a career by telling stories that take people on this emotional journey, whether it's wow. comedy, whether it's romantic comedy, whether it's, um, you know, horror movie, whatever it might be. I just, you know, wow. I think that's one skill set that when you see a really great actor, they've got that emotional capacity to be able to like tap into feelings and emotions to, to draw an audience or an individual in through the screen, take them on this journey. And so that was a, 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 you know, sort of like a raw skill that I felt like I was just, I just had, everybody's got something that they're kind of born with. And that was for me felt like it was like, I have the ability to do this. Um, you know, but the entertainment industry is a tough industry. It's not, you know, there's a lot of people trying to get it, kick the doors down. And, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot, you hear a ton of no's. Uh, yes. more than you hear yeses. And so, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't go that direction. I, I certainly was putting in 
as much effort as I possibly could. You know, I think I didn't play the Hollywood game as much as some some other actors when they came in. I was I was living out at the beach the whole time. I wasn't living up in LA, you know, where a lot of actors live and they're out rubbing elbows with producers and going to all the parties. For me, it was like that's my career, but my life was kind of down here at the beach where it's more it's more my vibe, more my people. And I wanted to kind of have that disconnect because I wasn't didn't want to get wrapped up and caught up in that world. Um, so yeah. whatever the reason being, I didn't get, get, I didn't break through. It felt like a failure to me, but, mm-hmm. but I learned so much through that process. I learned, yeah. like I said, at the beginning of this call, uh-huh. you know, the, this, I've learned resilience, yeah. you know, no, didn't, didn't yeah. bother me. No Which was mean? like getting me more excited and fired up. There were opportunities, you know, um, I learned how to really connect with people. You know, my my natural empathy that I think I was born with, I think deepened even more through that process of acting, which having that deep level of empathy and compassion allows me to coach on a level where I can really understand where people are coming from and convey that in a way that builds this really quick trust so that we can get to a great place in your results and your progress fast, you know? So there were some amazing things that came out of that experience in that okay. time. You know, I really learned a lot about myself as well through the process, you know, and just did a lot of reflecting and growth. You know, a lot of the things that I went through in that time when I was struggling forced me into lots of self-development workshops and coaching to where I use a lot of those same skill sets and knowledge that I picked up along the way to to uh, coach and, and share with clients that I work with today. So. You know, I felt like the, the the time I spent in my acting career was really sort of grooming me for this next stage in my life, which was to, you know, work with people and in, in helping improve the quality of their lives, making these lifestyle transformations. I know what it's like to be way down in the dumps and struggle and have nothing. And I know what it's like to, you know, find success and also, you right. know, get the wins along the way, you know? Right. Um, so... So that and that's transition. Important at the end, it's important at the end of the day because any business owner that is watching our pro, our podcast today will realize that in order for you to enjoy that success, you also have to know what it costs to get you there. You know, of being course. able, like you said, relate to people. Yes. You can't relate to people and and understand what they're going through and they're struggling if you've never been through that struggle yourself. Exactly, yeah. and I, and I think that that sets apart so many of coaches that I admire and they look up to and that I've been part of. You know, when you're able to relate. And you touch on something very important that I truly believe in too is relationships. Uh, when you get to get to know that other person and get to really care about them, you know, business will come. I always said in, in my in my business, real estate, I'm in the lending side. I always said if you care about people, people will take care of you. Meaning relationship. Who do you know and who do they refer to? And getting Absolutely. you know, giving them the respect that, you know, the time when they have questions for you and in the lending process, um, they'll remember that and they'll tell again, what do they say about if you have a good experience, you'll tell 10 people. But if you have a bad experience, you'll tell 100 people. So again, it goes. <laughs> so it's so important that we connect with the, with, yeah. with the individual rather than just see him as a number or as a, just one more client, um, but truly care for people. I think that's one of my biggest. Um, totally. I've always said it's important that, that we, we take care of our clients and we take care of our people because it will take care of you at one point. Um, so your superpower, I know you touched a couple of times already saying this is one, but what would be that super one thing that you say, Chris, this is your superpower? Uh, I think my superpower is probably building trust is, is trust. You know, like it's, I think people get the sense that where I come from is just a place of truth and honesty and integrity, right? It, it, 
everything I'm trying to to extract from them are the same things that I bring to the table. You know, those okay. those pillars are really important to me in my own personal life. And I think it just it, you know, again, humbly speaking, it just it just comes through without even questioning when I'm speaking with clients, when I'm taking, you know, when I'm taking a consult for the first time and meeting an individual, I think they just get the sense like I'm not really here to like try to sell you on my program, to be honest with you. You know, oftentimes when people come through through a referral and they come through the consult, oftentimes I'm trying to sell them out of the program. To be honest. <laughs> I want I want to see them fight to get in because, you know, I just I don't I don't work with every single person that comes across my plate because even though I think my program is great, it may not be the right fit for everybody. And I well, want to make sure if somebody comes into this program, they're really ready to fully commit. They know what they're they're preparing for and what they're up against. And they're ready to just really kick the door down to the next level of their life. If they don't have that, which by the way, no judgment, if they're not ready, if the timing isn't right, then that's fine. We're just not the right fit for each other right now. But I think that that is just usually pretty evident, you know, in my consults that look, I'm just trying to like have this consult with you. I'm trying to get deep within you, trying to figure out where is it inside you? What's that high stake factor that I have confidence is going to lock you in and really take you off on this program? If it's missing that, then it might not be the right fit. But either way, we're having a really honest, truthful discussion to try to figure out if this is the right place for us to both meet in the middle and work together. Right. And so I think that's probably, you know, and I, and I maintain that I, that's just who I am in life, you that's know, amazing. Hidden that's agendas. Amazing. and I think that that would probably be my superpower. You know what you, you said <laughs> something that really got me because a lot of times with coaches, um, we'll take it anybody. Right. But at the end of the day, if they don't get the results, they'll be the ones, giving you the bad review or the one saying it didn't work out and it wasn't the program it was the person like you said if you're not yeah. ready and i think a lot of times that's what happens most times people want to make a change but they're not willing to do the work yeah. um, that it's going to take to get the results yeah. um hey. and again you've been a coach um in the health tell me what is a perfect day looks like for chris what is my perfect day for me yes oh, tell us. i'm about to live my perfect day i'm living my perfect day today you know, I usually wake up around 5.30. Okay. Uh, I've gotten about seven, eight hours of sleep. Okay. Uh, first I wake up, you know, I have my shower and then I spend about 45 minutes to an hour of doing some mobility work and movement. I have an inversion board that I hang upside down on just as a Ooh. part of just a spinal decompression and lymphatic fluid, you know, movement in the body. Okay. Um, during that time, I'm usually listening to a podcast, you know, some sort of... Uh, some yeah, some sort of inspirational or some sort of channel, some some sort of education. For sure. Um, and then I spend my morning doing form reviews for clients that I'm working with. I have an app that they load up exercises in this form well, video, so I can coach and and make corrections and give live feedback on videos that they're doing. Okay. Um, you know, I'm usually redesigning programs during the day. I might have a consult or two. I'm eating my lunch and my snacks throughout the day. And then usually I'm going to go take a walk on the beach with my wife. We, uh, we yeah. have a couple times a week, we do a, uh, a, a two hour download walk and talk of what's going on in our day, any new books we're reading or podcasts that we're listening to, or, you know, just talk about things we're doing. She's also a partner in my business. So we talk about things oh that are going God, on in the business. Amazing. We talk about, you know, new things we want to introduce or things we can improve on or, um, you know, and then we'll, we'll leave the beach. Oh, by the way, cold brew. I have a cold brew on my walk usually. Oh, there you well, go. That okay. cold brew is like, 
I don't have a lot of vices, so that cold brew is just part of like my little joy. Of, of okay, my okay. Um, and then we'll come back from the beach, come home, and we have an amazing five-year-old little puppy. Her name is wow. a girl dog. Her name is Boss, and she is okay. just she brings so much joy into our house and we spend you know we spend time with her we throw toys around the house and just get her get her tired out and uh and then we usually cook dinner together have a great dinner and spend the evening just kind of doing some some mobility work and bedtime uh you know movement just to unwind some tension from our bodies that we've accumulated over the day or we had a hard workout in the afternoon you know and then we're going to bed and get getting ready plenty for of the sleep. Next day. That's, That's it. Get ready for the next day. So you know, we're for me personally, just simple is is really. Okay. Um, and and really that's what enjoyable. I wanted people to hear because a lot of times we see these people having such an amazing party. They're like, and sometimes we might think, oh my god, they spend half of their day, you know, exercising and and working out. When the truth is, yeah. you know, it's just the balance of again yeah. having the right movements, having the right diet, or you know. Yeah. I mean, don't get right. me wrong. I'm in the gym six days a week. Don't get me there wrong, right? And I, I, wrong. Know I, didn't, I know I didn't <laughs> include the gym. Today, right? <laughs> I know I didn't include the gym in that perfect day. And I okay, probably, well, if I go back. What time is the gym? What time do you fit the gym in? I, I would have got, the gym would have been like one o'clock usually for me. Like oh, somewhere really? one, two o'clock, just because oh, I've got you. clients on the East Coast and as well. Okay. So when I wake up in the morning, I've got clients right out of the gate that I have to mm. get to and attend to. So it's. You know, I first make time for myself in the morning. Then I got to attend to those clients, and then no got to get that. I got to get that out of the way before okay. I can get on with my day. So, um, so it's a little different structure for me. But you know, at the same time, you know, the workouts are definitely important. But to your point, you know, it's, you know, my wife and I we talk about it all the time. Like, you know, there's a book we've read before called The Power of Less, and The Power, Power of Less of talks about just everybody's so busy doing all the time and, right. you know, we're human <laughs> beings, we're not human doings. And so, you know, stripping down to just doing a little bit less and just conserving energy, making sure that the time that we're spending is quality time doing things that bring us joy. You know, um, there's not a lot of things that we do that we don't like to do. I mean, there's some, like mm -hmm. we pay taxes. Nobody likes to pay taxes, <laughs> right? But like, but like, you know, everything we do or things we enjoy doing, I mean, even like going to the grocery store, like we have times dedicated throughout the week that we go to the grocery store and it's like, it's fun for us. You know, we go together and we shop together and it's just like part of our routines, but it's, it's enjoyable, you know? So, um, but we don't inundate personally, we don't inundate our lives and our schedules with just lots of activities and we don't overstretch ourselves because Making sure that we also are conserving energy and getting rest. Yeah. It's important to how we how we live our lives. You know, it it's nice to have a big social calendar and lots of activities, but at the expense of being tired and not having great workouts and not realizing the potential of my physical goals that I'm trying to achieve and also just mental and emotional and how I'm feeling on a day to day basis. Right. If I'm running around constantly from activities to events to activities right. to events and I'm not taking time to just rest and recover and give myself that downtime, then it's really, it becomes counterproductive, you know? Okay. So, you know, as we've gotten older, it's just, or as I've gotten older, it's one of those things where just, you know, time management, energy conservation are really important parts of my life, um, yeah. which are also things that I try to teach and coach in my programs with my clients. Cause often when a client comes into the program, I'm looking at their schedule going, You're no, like, wonder what you you no wonder you think you don't have time for it. For, for taking care of yourself. How right. could you with everything you got going on? So 
we got to go in and, and make some, we got to do a hard audit here and yes. show you that if you reallocate some time from this and apply it to you, watch what happens, you know? So well, prioritizing, prioritize, I think is a huge part in our, you know, yeah. scheduling, blocking time for things that are important to you. Um, I heard this many times too. It's, it's not that you don't have the time, it's that you don't make the time. Well, you don't think it's important enough and that's the reason you don't make the time. So with that being said, Chris, how do you balance? And again, you're teaching someone else. I'm sure you probably have it really, really well uh, designed. How do you balance, uh, again, business in this case with your personal life? You kind of give us for one day, but overall, how do you balance those two things and how do you be able to maintain that balance? Yeah, I mean, sort of what I just explained, you know, um, quality time and also like energy conservation like those things are so important. So, you know, it, it, generally I think people usually have a pretty good idea of events that are coming up in their lives. Like if you have friends who are having a 40th birthday party, uh -huh. you, know, you know that like a month or so in advance. You yes. know, if you're taking a vacation, lots of times, you know, like a few months in advance that you're going somewhere. If you've got a Mike Ferry event, you know where when the Mike Ferry event is, how long you're going to be there, where you're going to be, right? So, you know, really the way you know, I, I do it is in alongside with my wife is that we really just, we calendar out the year, you know, okay. and it might not be the full year calendared out. Like we might know that in September we're taking a 10 day vacation, you know, in January right. we know that, but then we kind of go month by month, you know, and we, we kind of okay. have a rule of thumb where like one activity a weekend, meaning like okay. if a friend I asks like us that. to get dinner on, if a friend asks us to get dinner on a Friday, like, Maybe we're not going out on Saturday to meet up with another group and then Sunday to go to a Sunday fun day. Like, you know, it gets, yeah. it becomes too much. So we sort of, and, and that's not always like a hard rule, but it's kind of a general okay. rule that, you know, we just find ways to, to, to balance it out where we know we've been through these experiences enough and these situations enough okay. to know what we can handle and what we can't handle. And so that's nice. just, you know, having self-awareness and honesty with yourself. Oh my God. You know, are there You're times when I... Yeah. I mean, there's, listen, there's times that I say no to certain things that, you know, maybe I feel badly because I would like to show up and be there, but the art of saying no has been a practice that I've had to develop. And what I've learned over the time is when I'm saying no to something, I realize what I'm saying yes to, which is me and to my self care. And so, you know, I've, I've really, um, have, have eliminated that guilt because I'm saying yes to me. And that's just part of the deal when it comes to self-care. And okay. when you're a busy, you know, executive or high level entrepreneur or high level agent, you know, time is not, you, you don't have a lot of time. You don't. Exactly. And so, so, you know, financial equity with like selling homes and building your financial wealth is important, but time equity is arguably more important. Making sure you, you have time for yourself, you have time for your family, you have time for resting, you know, like you got to have all that. And so it, it's gotten really, to be honest, in the beginning saying no was kind of challenging and having to like turn things down. But now it's like, it's a pretty easy it's decision. Self, it's self-liberating it when you're just like, okay, you know what? I yeah. can attend that. Thank you very much for thinking of right. me. I will not be able to attend. But and, that and comes from having clear, full clarity on what yes. my goals are. I yes. want to, I want to feel rested. I want to take good care of myself, you know, and I want to have, I want to have a balanced life where I feel like I've got, I'm taking care of me and I'm also, you know, 
engaging in social activities and having some versatility in, in my life. Absolutely. Oh my I God. I feel like I have that balance. I can always say yes more, but I feel like I'm imbalanced <laughs> if I want to, but you know, I'd rather go less and then add if I need to. Less is more, they said. So I, I'm going to definitely read that book you just talked about because it is, I am so into that space right now where, you know, never say yeah. yes to someone and say no to yourself. So I am yeah, again, practicing that very, very much so because again, there's always someone that needs your attention. There's always someone who needs something from you. And, and again, it's up to you. You get to decide and you get to exactly. choose. Being aware, I guess, it's just such a big thing. I just came from a Joe Dispenza event. I don't know if you know who he is. Oh, I love Joe Dispenza. He's great. Self-awareness is one of the biggest things we can ever A lot really of this do. conversation is probably resonating <laughs> strong for you then. I was just picking up. I'm like, okay, does he know? <laughs> It's amazing. The, the, your, your vibration and frequency is on. Yes, all, all it's, on. All, it's on. It's on. I felt it. So, Chris, what will be the last note, the last thought that you want to share with the audience? Thank you again. This has been amazing. We got to tap into so many areas, and I think people are going to get so much from this podcast today. Um, health, uh, discipline, being conscious about your decisions, planning, um, just you know, being aware of what are you going to do tomorrow and, and be Again, mindful of what it is that you're going to put in your body next time you're about to order that meal from the restaurant. I mean, it's just being, being conscious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, look, if I, had to, if I had a final thought, you know, it, for me personally, I think when people, whether they're a client, whether they're a friend or a family member, you know, they kind of look at the way I'm living my life and they, they sort of make these assumptions like, Oh, it's so easy for you because you know because you're in because this is what you do for a living or it's so easy for you because you've been doing this for so long you know the reality is that i'm just extremely passionate about the quality of my life period like i said at the beginning of this podcast i'm i am so afraid of dying and there are so many things that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis that will contribute to killing us slowly over time and lead to disease and disorder and you know awesome. cause lots of issues that are not very enjoyable to think about right. and those fears live within me not in a way where i'm loathing all day long but it's it motivates me to make really good decisions as best i can that right. are most likely going to give me a better outcome than not you know at the end of the day mm -hmm. we never really know the, the truth of it all right weird things happen you know accidents happen, things happen. But mm. at the end of the day, if there's something I can do about it, that's in my control, I'm going to do it, period. There's no question. And so when I think people struggle to try to find a path to health and wellness in their lives, it's because they're just not passionate enough about self-care and their health and their, and their, their, their life. And so I would encourage people to, you know, quietly explore that for themselves and just Really think about it. Think about like what that really means to them. Like what is holding them? What where are they being held back in areas of their life because they're not taking as good a care of themselves? They're not getting as enough sleep. They're not paying attention to the food they're putting in their body. They're overweight. They've got injuries. They can't move well. You know, where are those areas in your life that you're struggling and suffering that if you to really be honest, is important if it's important enough to you figure out a path to getting to the other side of it. But it's only if you're extremely passionate about that. Mm -hmm. Do people really see those types of results that, you know, I, you see clients in my program having, because, 
you can't go halfway in and expect to get amazing results. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's not just, going to you, happen. You can't, you can't go into a, a listing of a home and like put half effort into it and think that you're going to sell the home. Like right. Every agent I know goes in and sells it like it's the last home they're ever going to sell. Like, mm -hmm. like they just go all in. And so imagine if you go all in on your life too, where your you health. could be with your health and wellness and leveling up your health and wellness levels up all areas of your life, yep. your relationships, your career, you know, your other personal goals. And so you just, you know, I encourage people to just figure out how to find that passion for themselves because if they're not realizing their goals that they're thinking that they want to see right now, the missing formula is having that passion for themselves and for their for their own personal health and wellness and lifespan. You get passionate about that, and I guarantee you, you will not falter very much because you will be consistent with working out. You'll be more mindful of the food you eat. You'll be more mindful of getting better quality sleep. You know, you'll yeah. be more mindful about not drinking alcohol as often or as as frequently. You know, it just you engage in habits and behaviors that will lend itself to that of an individual who represents health and wellness. So find the passion. Find your passion, level up, don't hold back. Don't don't allow your excuses hold you back because again, excuses are only going to keep you there. So we know that that's not where you want to be. And thank you, Chris. Thank you again for, for being here today. I learned tons. I enjoy our conversation today. Um, hope to Likewise. see you soon. And we're going to end it up right here. Have an amazing day and we'll be in touch soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Level Up Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. So you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, we hope you level up.